Welcome to the Geek Bits Podcast with your hosts, Mike, David, and Craig. video is sponsored by PCBWay. So before we get started, let's thank them for supporting us. If you're not familiar with PCBWay, their goal is to be the most professional PCB manufacturer for prototyping and low volume production work in the world. New customers get a $5 bonus on their first order. Thank you, PCBWay. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the GeekBits podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about a topic, has the internet made us dumb which seems <laughs> counterintuitive because you know we have like the sum of human knowledge at our fingertips but is it making us smarter or is it actually making us dumber and uh, so yeah that's what we're going to talk about so boy guys this is going to be hard for me <laughs> It's a loaded uh, topic. It's a loaded you. topic, yeah, man. I, I've got strong opinions here. <laughs> I do. I yeah. So you know, I um, I remember when we were in our early twenties. Um, you might not have actually been in. When, when, how old were you when the when you first started using the internet? Like like, not when you first heard about it, but like when it was a reality for you. Probably um, eighteen, nineteen. I was going to say I thought you were still a teenager. So um, for me, I was like three uh, three years older. I think I was like twenty or twenty one. Um, and uh, and then I really got you know into it obviously when when we started working at AST and we had dedicated internet connections on all the time and yeah. and all of that. Um, but I actually I was certain that the internet was going to be like sort of like the savior of humanity because I thought um, you know all of this information is now available and anyone can go get it and I knew that more and more information especially with, when when Wikipedia was created and I'm like oh wow yeah I see where this is going to go and and um, you know, all this knowledge and information is going to be available. And yet now looking back on it, so that was in like, let's say like 93-ish time frame, mm -hmm. you know, 1993. Now looking back on it all these years later, I feel like exactly the opposite has happened in many, many cases. The internet, all that knowledge is there and nobody cares about it. Like they're not <laughs> looking at it. It's like, it's like, it's not there. And, um, and then also, so, so dig into that a little bit. What do you mean by the the knowledge? People act as if the knowledge is not there. Um, okay, so uh, a couple of things. So again, this is this is going to be a loaded episode. So I'm, I, if you guys all unsubscribe, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, like, uh, first of all, okay, let me back this up a minute. When we were kids growing up there was very few places that we could get our information from. So we would get our information from our parents in a lot of cases, you know, like our mom and dad would tell us something, or you might get information from a school teacher um, or someone like a, a leader in your church or religious organization. Um, there weren't a whole lot of places to go get information. Now, library. I was just about to say, you could go down to your local library and you could read some books, but those, honestly, at least the libraries we had, like we grew up in a little town called Mansfield, the library was tiny. And so the choices of books were, were few and far between. I suspect if I lived in a place like New York City where we had massive libraries or something, that might have been a little different. But living in a small town didn't have a lot of information. 
information. So, well, let me. I'm going to expand on that because it's something I've talked about a lot uh, privately. But even if we went to the library, like if you had a question about something, like let's say you had one question, like oh, it was a, maybe about nuclear physics or something mm-hmm. like that. You couldn't just ask that question. You had yeah. to look through a card catalog, pick out a few books that, that you might, might have that maybe have the answer. Then maybe look in yeah. the index of the book to try to get something near that topic mm-hmm. or yeah, something. Yeah, but the point is it was yeah. a pain to find the information. Today you can just type it into Google or Wikipedia or whatever, and within you know 10 seconds you've got – you know, most likely, if it's a you know, if you're looking for a factual piece of information, and we're not we're not talking about an opinion, opinion or right. like a a political thing or something, but like if you wanted to know something about science, like established science fact, uh, then you can you can look it up and you can have the answer almost immediately. Where you know, I might spend hours in a library trying to answer one simple question. Honestly, most of the time it wasn't worth the trouble. Yeah, and a lot of <laughs> topics were were censored back then. Let's be honest, you yeah. know. So, like, um, if you were um, trying to find out something about a specific religion or you know some uh, something like um, I don't know homosexuality or something, that top those topics were highly. Uh, What's the controversial? Word? Well, the controversial, but um, what's the word when you like, like if you on an e-commerce site, you're like you're laying it out and making certain, uh, not syndicated, but um, not cultivated. Oh well, I, <laughs> there's a word for it. I curated, curated. The 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 content at your local library was highly curated by the people in your community, right? right. It wasn't like the government yeah. said every library is going to have these sets of books, and you're going to yeah. be able to. Learn, and if right? there was a book in there that people didn't like, they would protest, and the library would, would remove, remove it, it. Right. and it may have information that. They don't want you to know. Yeah. yeah. So in a little yeah. town like Mansfield, you were probably not going to find a, a book about Hinduism or something like that in the library. Not a lot of sex ed books. Yeah, not a lot no, of sex but... ed books. Right. This, because it was highly censored and so and cult, uh, cultivated, uh, curated. curated by the people of that community. Um, and so the internet came along and changed all of that. Oh, and by the way, I want, I want to make one more point about the whole like growing up. In, so my parents were obviously very religious. And they spent a lot of their time trying to teach me to believe in the religious things that they believed. And so a lot of the information that they would give me, like my dad, for example, spent um, hours and hours and hours trying to teach me that the world was only, the planet Earth was only 6,000 years old, as an example. Um, And so people had to rely a lot on the information that they got from their family as fact, and maybe it wasn't. Um, and then, you know, the same thing for, um, uh, well, I think I made my point. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to move on. So I'll, I'll elaborate on this. Okay. So the point is, as a, as a kid in that time, you know, you had your parents telling you one thing. The school might be teaching you something else. Right. The parent would be saying, oh, the school's brainwashing you brainwashing. with lies. Who do you believe and how do you even verify that information? Right. Um, it, it was a very, uh, it was a difficult thing uh, to I, deal with. So. I remember this first, this is probably my first experience of cognitive dissonance as a kid. I was probably 12 years old and I went into the Mansfield Public Library and got a book on how the universe was made. And it was Big Bang Theory. Like it was a science book for kids and explained, you know, the evolution of the universe from the Big Bang and how, you know, planets formed from gases and stars and all this stuff. And uh, I got pissed as a kid. I was like, where is God 
in this particular scenario because yeah. that's what I had been taught, you know, in my local yeah. church and everything. Yeah. And so I didn't really have the exposure at that point to a science-based look at the, you know, how the universe was. Exactly. So, and you know, I, I think everybody knows about me, but it's worth reiterating for if you're a new listener is um, I am very much um, about nothing should be censored ever. Like the, the, the second something is censored is the second you should start questioning, right? Like that's like, okay, if somebody doesn't want me to know this, I need to know why they don't want me to know it. Um, and so I believe that all information should be open and free and people should be able to read and make their own decisions. Um, and so the internet, quite honestly, accomplished that and it accomplished it very quickly. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't expect what followed after that. <laughs> and that was the campaigns of disinformation. And disinformation is now everywhere. So yes, you have a pocket computer, your phone, right? Um, that has the answer book to all of the great sum of human knowledge, but now it also has, it's a great sum of disinformation. Right. And you have to dig through it and try to figure out what's real and what's been, and, you know, and a lot of it, look, I'm just going to say it. Um, a lot of the information has been, uh, it's, it's, um, the internet is under assault by political agenda. And I don't give a shit whether you're, sorry, <laughs> I don't care whether you're a Republican. I don't care whether you're a Democrat. Both parties, libertarians are doing it. Other political organizations in other countries, the Russians, everybody has a political agenda and they're weaponizing the internet. And they're weaponizing social media to drive disinformation and make you want to believe certain things are real and certain things are not. And so the answer book in your pocket has become now a almost as bad as it was in when we were kids of being able to find the information you want but and knowing whether it's real or not. I'd say there's one significant difference is you have like multiple you have multiple sources of information or or of misinformation. So um I mean you have flat earthers, you have absolutely all kinds of, you know, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And there's just not really as much authority. Like, right or wrong in the 80s, it's like, well, the, the government, the library, the school, the church, those were your authorities. The newspapers mm -hmm. were your authorities. Like, you couldn't just start your own newspaper. You had to have yeah. – then there was, like, strict, you know, rules about well, good journalism the, and things like the, that. Yeah, I was just about to say – I'm so glad you brought it up because I was going to say it and then I forgot to. There was – in the 70s um, – and before there were laws around reporting and the fact that you had to report equally and you had to report on both sides of a topic um, and you had to, uh, I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but it basically said you weren't supposed to lie about things, right? If you if you <laughs> right. knew that a piece of information was a lie, you weren't supposed to re report it as a fact. And you're supposed to redact it later. Yeah, and you're supposed corrected. to redact it and had to, you had to publish it in the same paper. And there was a... And journalists were these trained experts that went to school yes. for this particular career, whereas now anybody can start a blog on why their well, dog and, comes from space. And yeah. we removed that law. And yeah. so that law doesn't... Oh, I didn't realize anymore. that. Yes. Yeah. And so so now there's no truth in reporting of any kind whatsoever from a legal perspective. Fox News or whoever your, your favorite provider CNN. is, CNN, whoever they are, can publish literally anything they want and... They don't have. They don't have to. Now they could still get sued. They for... can be sued civilly, uh, right. especially if they uh, what do you call it, uh, slander or something like that. Right. right? Uh, but if they just report 
some fact that like if they say like I'll just make something up if they say that um, uh, H2O is actually carbon dioxide and and not oxygen right or not, not water I mean um, then that's there's nothing that they can't be sued for that and there's no law they're not breaking any law by right. by publishing that even though it's false right so um, that has made the internet make us all dumber it has <laughs> I mean, and I, we're just, we just barely have scratched the surface of this thing, guys. Yep. Yeah, I mean, because you can find just about any particular opinion, right. and it looks authoritative. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I, I unfortunately know a number of conspiracy theorists that believe in some really crazy stuff. Uh, I know several people that believe in chemtrails, for example. And I've had a number of discussions with them, and of course, the first thing they want to do is send me a link to either some YouTube video or some website that supports... Their, their conspiracy. Their, yeah. And of course, I can spend the time to break it down and explain why each and every one of these little things is wrong, but they're usually not really that interested to hear um, the science, you know, as, as to do why you, their uh, belief is wrong. Do you feel comfortable telling the story about the telescope? And no, I've, Yeah, I thought I told it before, but I'll, I'll tell it again. Yeah, because I think that's really powerful. Yeah, so um, so I knew this guy. I don't, I don't really associate with him much anymore, but several years ago, I, I knew this guy who was... <laughs> Totally believed in chemtrails. And um, we had so many arguments back and forth. Maybe about you should it. just really quickly, because I know not everybody listens. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the, there, there's people that believe the conspiracy theory. And, and what they think is when you look up at the sky and you see an airplane, usually like a, an airliner, a, you know, leaving a trail behind it. Um, now, in science, we would call that a contrail. Uh, which, you know, a condensation trail. Um, But, uh, yeah, there's this group of people. Actually, the conspiracy theory was created as a joke. As a joke. (laughs) You know, to make fun of conspiracy theorists. And then it actually ironically became a conspiracy theory. The same thing happened with this thing called birds are not real. Have you heard about that? Yes. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, so the the conspiracists believe that the planes are spraying chemicals on us. As some uh, kind of mind control agent? uh, There's a variety of different theories as to what they think it might be some some of them believe it's mind control to you know placate the uh you know so we don't uprise against the government some think it's some kind of geoengineering like uh, oh it's runaway um we've got runaway global warming so they're trying to stop it but they're not telling us what they're doing right. yep. you know some, for whatever some reason. people i have heard say it's i th- wish they, that one was real like <laughs> yeah actually have something uh, like that to fix global I, global. I have i have heard uh some people call it the gay spray that like yeah. that's, that's why people are gay is because they're spraying this chemical in the in i've also heard population control like the government's it's going to kill us all like we're just like half the population is going to die one day but the like the politicians have some kind of vaccine or anti thing to cure them from whatever they're spraying so that uh, the rich people live and all the poor people die i've heard a number of of different beliefs on on chemtrails of course it's all ridiculously preposterous when you when you try to break it down but uh even the science is so incredibly flawed and so uh that's what i kept arguing about with this one guy um you know for months on end he would he would write me on like Facebook Messenger or something. So, well, I, the thing you said can't be true, and he'd give some, you know, again, point me to some website or some YouTube video, and I'd go watch it, and I'd be like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. And I would try to explain why all these uh, things are ridiculous. In, in many ways, it's almost like trying to argue with a kid about whether Santa Claus is real or not. You know, I mean, for everything you say, they've got some reason <laughs> they could explain. Why Santa Claus is, you know, why you can't find him at the North Pole and, you know, all these kinds of things. And uh, anyway, magic. (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, a lot of what conspiracy theories always boil down to is when you start whittling away 
the facts with science. Uh, the, the end result is, is you get so far down the rabbit hole, well, they'll basically just start saying, well, you know what, David? You've been fooled. They're lying to you. You know, and it'll get ridiculous. The the teachers are lying. The college professors are lying. The right. government's lying. All the science books are lying. Well, I've had these discussions you know? even about yeah. like climate change, and sure, warming. Right. I'm like, right. it's the same thing. It's like you would have to have so many different scientists and so many different organizations <laughs> across all these different countries all saying the same exact lie about global warming. Yeah, look, if there's anything we've learned, the government can't keep a secret. Right? <laughs> right? So when you've got to have 100,000 yeah. people in your... In your, your Much less way. hundreds of governments keeping yeah. secrets. So the story Mike wanted me to tell is uh, with this guy one time, uh, we, were, we were talking about... Because um, I'd asked him, you know, well, like, when you're riding on a, a jet, do you see... You know, you know, if you're on a rear seat or something, can you have you ever seen a trail coming out of like any of the wings or something? And uh, you know, and then he told me something that kind of took me by surprise. He says, "Oh, commercial airliners don't spray chemtrails. It's only secret black painted government jets that spray chemtrails." And I'm like, "Oh, well, I said, that should be easy enough to debunk." I said, "I have a reflector telescope here." at my house. I have used it to actually watch it. Look at airplanes before up in the sky. I said, why don't you come over? Because to that particular day was one of the days where the atmospheric conditions was very perfect, <laughs> perfect for creating these long condensation trails. And so they were all over the sky. Uh, at that particular time, you could see several planes uh, flying through the sky, leaving a trail. Well, you needed to them. find a black jet. So I right? said, hey, look, we've got several planes leaving trails right now. And he only lived a few miles from me. I said, why don't you come over? We'll get the telescope out. We'll look at these planes and see if they are black government jets or do they say Delta Airlines on the side or, you know. And he said something about they don't have windows. We'll see, we'll see if they have windows. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, and then I said, and then we can also do something else. Once we see the jet, we can pull it up. And I forget Light what it's. Aware. FlightAware, yeah. We can actually look and see what plane it is. We can even see if it's landing at DFW Airport, and we can drive down and even see that plane after it's landed. So we can actually... <laughs> this is really involved. You're like, <laughs> well, really? this is called science, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> this is, right, this right. is how you do it. <laughs> so I said, if you really believe that it's only black secret government jets that leave these trails in the sky, we can actually... Uh, we can right now either prove or disprove what you right. believe. All you got to do is come over. Like, we can... Like, and the, and we'll have the answer. Yeah. And he thought about that for a second. He said, "No, nah, I don't. I don't really want to come over and look at it." And that was kind of the end of the conversation. Why? Because ever... he knew that it might possibly disprove his years long belief of the conspiracy. And so that was a teaching moment for me that day because that was the day I realized that conspiracy theorists don't actually want to know the truth. They only. I think I mean you're, yes in the in the context of this conversation of the, this story I mean conspiracy theories don't actually want to know the truth but a lot of people don't want to know the truth whether they're conspiracy theories or not well sure right yeah I mean that goes back to cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. yeah like you know we we as human beings have trouble accepting new information if it conflicts with beliefs that are tied to our identity so Absolutely. if you have a religious identity a political identity. A cultural identity and something conflicts with that, you're going to ignore any new information and yeah. hang on yeah. to any old right. information. See, I would have thought that, you know, and obviously I think different from a lot of people, but I would have thought 
if I believe something and I've been arguing with somebody over and over and over again, and I just totally believed it to be true, and now I'm presented with an opportunity to prove what I believe right. to the other guy, I should take that opportunity. But right, because he out, could have proved you wrong. Right, right. In his mind, he should. Have, that's what he. I thought he would be thinking, but in reality. He looked at it more like, oh, I could maybe prove him wrong, but you know, I might get proven wrong myself. And and maybe he didn't real, maybe he didn't cognitively think that, but somewhere in the back of his mind, he clearly became afraid, right, that his entire belief system could be torn at apart. That point, could be you, were, yeah. you were attacking his identity. It wasn't about the information; it was about his identity. Yeah. Um, and uh, and th- this goes back to what we're talking about on the internet. He had been fueled by all of these disinformation and conspiracy mm-hmm. theory websites that told him exactly what he wanted to hear, and uh, I was going to tell him things he didn't want to hear. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think there's also a problem with a lot of the conspiracy theories and you know different belief systems like this. And a lot of it does come from the internet. It's sort of this appealing idea that I have the secret knowledge. Right. You, yes. as the enlightened per- or the person... Or sheep. Yeah, yeah. the sheeple yeah. or whatever. Right. Yeah. You're just a sheep, oh. and you don't have the secret knowledge that I have. Where it's I like, will tell you this, though, Craig. I'm I, not special for knowing that the moon landing happened. <laughs> like, that right. doesn't make me awesome. Yeah. It's just basic, you know, history yeah. and science. Yeah. I, I, I will tell you this, though. I mean, I think, you know, people like me and you and David, like, we are on a quest for truth. Right. And I don't care that I learned that something that I believe to be true today is not true or right. Like, like if somebody and look, all I require is evidence. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's politics, religion, you know, or, you know, how the atom works or whatever it is. All I require is show me some evidence and, and then, and then we'll go from there. Now it can't be falsified evidence. Right. And we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I always want to learn where I'm wrong in life and, and where I can um, expand my knowledge base. There are plenty of people who all they're looking for is reinforcing an existing belief. Yeah. And the internet has allowed that to happen. <laughs> well, I think what Craig said, I'm going to expand on that. So he's talking about the identity thing. And uh, I'll give you an example of that. So if a scientist comes out and he's, uh, he proves string theory, or if he proves like some quantum gravity or thing like that, and the whole science community will be up, yeah, 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 we've finally proven this, and you know what? But most your like your average person doesn't, doesn't care, care because it really doesn't affect them. But right. if someone comes out and proves something controversial, like evolution, well, I mean, I'm not saying that's not proven. I'm just, <laughs> but, right. but you know what I mean. If 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 a scientist says something um, that other people don't like, suddenly. The disinformation campaigns start because exactly what Craig said, it affects their identity and the truth no longer yeah. is is well, now, important. You know, I think the three of us are fairly open-minded, like you said, truth-seeking people. But I am the first one to admit I struggle with this. When somebody presents me with conflicting beliefs sure. and it has to do with my political or religious identity or cultural identity or, or just how I grew up, I, I really have to force myself like it is – it's an emotional um, you know foil what? It's for so me. It's so funny. I, I was talking to David about this the other day um, before the podcast, and it's like um, I don't seem to have that thing in my like in my psyche. Like for example, like I remember this is the example I told told David. Um, I remember our dad; he was really into football, mm-hmm. and um, oh man, he always had to watch the Cowboys. 
And I remember like sitting on the couch and I didn't really care much about sports. I, I don't know why, but I've never, never been into, um, you know, just me either. Yeah. I just, I don't know why, but I remember I would sit there and we're three dorks. No, no. Why, but... <laughs> I, I would much rather watch star Wars than football. Right. So, but anyway, I, um, I remember, you know, one time vividly, my dad was yelling at the TV screens about some referee, um, called something wrong. And, you know, they just, he, they just have it out for the Cowboys or something like that, he said. And I was sitting there watching it and I'm like, no, actually, <laughs> they screwed up. It was, the Cowboys should have, should have been, you know, the, the, whatever it was, the penalty or whatever, they should have, right. should have gotten this. It was, and my dad had lost all um, perspective on it. It was like the Cowboys were his team and they could do no wrong, right? Yeah. And a lot Which of, is how he approached a lot of his life. It is. And, and a lot of people are like that. And I, and I always try to be open-minded and have a perspective about things where I can look at it and say, oh, yeah, this is the right path, and this one's not, and it's okay. Um, but I definitely feel that resistance when I'm in an argument with somebody, and I have to kind of constantly remind myself, like, well, could I be wrong here? Is there new information that I could be exposed to? Yeah. Even though I don't like this feeling of I could be wrong or I may have to change my mind about something. And if I struggle with that... How much more do just regular people that don't really think about this yeah. kind of stuff, like they don't have this meta thinking of like, well, how how am I perceiving this world or how am I trying to find the truth? They're just going along with what they've been told, and, and they have even more of an instinct mm -hmm. to just kind of double down on whatever theory they already believe in. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a crazy family member that told mm -hmm. me one time, also, I will not say the name, uh, but told me one time about his religious belief, uh, a specific religious belief, that there was, there was absolutely nothing in the world that would ever change his mind, no matter what. And I said, so if your God appeared to you right now in this room in front of the two of us, and and like magically appeared, you know, so that right. you knew he was God. Light and siren. Yeah, light and, and like the heavens like opened yeah. and then this God appeared in front of you and he told you you were wrong. Would you believe it? And he goes, No, that would be Satan trying to trick me. And yep. so so once you have made up your mind right. that you're not changing it. <laughs> that kind of makes me think that God is really inside of you. Yeah. The, the real God that you're believing in is not an external it's objective. It's funny that creator. he believes that that, that that your God is exactly what you want him to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I wanted to tell another story, too. It's not so much a story as a collection of, of stories, but um, one of the things I became uh, – with this whole internet made us dumb thing. I think this started maybe 10, 12, 13 years ago uh, when you know Facebook was becoming very popular. One of the things I started to notice was the political memes. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, of course, for those that don't know, I'm a very moderate person. I flip-flop between political parties. I vote Libertarian, Republican, Democrat. You know, I'm not tied Whoever to... Whoever has the best plan at the time. <laughs> I'm not tied to a specific party. I, I recognize each side has things I think are good and bad and, and whatnot. So keeping that in mind, um, <laughs> you know, I have a lot of friends and family on social media that are very polarized to one direction or the other. And I'd see these internet memes that they would post. And, and there was some, particularly uh, people I'm not even friends with on Facebook anymore because they would just post 10 of them a day. And, um, An hour. <laughs> and the thing is, um, I, I, at the particular time, I believe Obama was in office. Now, uh, I actually didn't vote for Obama, but I had this one friend who would post uh, anti-Obama memes like every hour. 
And it and, and the thing about it is I would look at that and I'd be going, okay, that's not true. That's not even remotely true. I can disprove that. And so I would, you know, link him to Snopes or Wikipedia. And of course he would say, Oh, well, you can't trust those. Those are liberal websites. Right. They're all lying to you. Say, so, oh, okay. Well, how about this article from you know, a, a source you trust or whatever. And then rather than accept that the meme that he posted was wrong, what would he do? He would call me an Obama lover. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I didn't even vote for this guy. I mean, I'm just, but I see that you're posting stuff. I mean, if he's as bad as you say, why do you need to make yeah, isn't up? Isn't there a logical fallacy named after that? Like it's one of the logical fallacies, like, um, where you're, you're shifting yeah, you attack, the argument. You attack the person right. instead of what, the, yeah, there's, right. um, at hominem. hominem, yeah. But there's also one where you just completely change the subject, like, well, what about this other thing? Straw you're, man. Yeah, you're a, you're a um, Obama lover. It's like, yeah. well, that okay, but that is. <laughs> well, but I, even I, if I might were, be or I might not be, but what does that have to do with the argument? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the point is, no matter how many times I corrected his memes, which I shouldn't have even had to even do because I'm basically like correcting his memes over the guy I didn't even vote for. Right. Uh, you know. Um, if anything, he would have trusted your opinion you would think, more. You would think he yeah. would trust me more since I didn't even vote for the guy. Right. And, and, but, but yeah, there was – and, and I – and I'm, let me be clear. I also had another friend that was a Democrat um, who was always posting similar type memes for you know any kind of a Republican in office. And I was often having to um, – to, to correct them as well, because these political memes are almost always false. Almost, yeah. I mean, anytime you see a little picture with something funny that says something bad about the other political party, 99 times out of 100, it's it's some kind of logical fallacy. And or whether it's evidentially wrong or it's exaggerated. It's sometimes it's be. exaggerated, sometimes it's a straw man argument, sometimes yeah. it's completely fiction. Um, you so, know, uh, so our aunt uh, posted back, this has been several, several years ago. Uh, posted this uh, a video of Trump, and he was – I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was the State of a Union address, but it was a speech he was giving. And it was a very similar thing. He said he said something about um, – he was like sort of naming off all these facts about why – he was trying to dispute why we were doing something we were doing. And um, he's like named off, you know, the population of this city is such and such, and we only import, you know, so much oil from there. And like it was only, I don't know what it was, let's say 25 barrels. I'm making up numbers, right? 25 barrels of oil from there a month. It's not about oil, blah, 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 blah. And he, and he names all these things off. And, and my aunt posted this on Facebook and she said, see, 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 this is, you know. And so I just took every one of those facts that he, th that he said and I just Googled them. I said, what's the population of this city? And, you know, he said it was like 25,000 and it was like 150,000. And he said, we only import like 25 barrels of oil from that country. And it was like, like 200 times that much. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I just, and I just posted up, here's all the facts. This is what he said. And here's the actual facts. And I said, I said, you're being lied to constantly. And, you know, I'm like picking on Trump right now, but every right. politician does this in every party. Um, and she replied to me and she goes, I don't care what the population of that city is. And I don't care how many barrels of oil we report. Those are irrelevant. He's still right. And I'm like, you can't connect the dots that he lied about seven or eight things here. Right. What else right. is he lying to you about, you know, right, that you that you do care about? Because, <laughs> because it goes back to that football metaphor. Right. It's like we're, yeah. we're treating politics and the He's, cultural world yeah. wars as this is my team my team is good your team is evil yeah my team is the best i don't want to believe anything my team tells me okay so so let's let's 
kind of bring this back to, to where, where we started. And David has this thing, I think it's from Futurama. He said that, that it's weapons grade Bolonium. Weapons grade Bolonium. Weapons grade Bolonium. So all of these political parties, um, and it's not just political parties, it's businesses, you know, like the big tech companies um, and the automobile manufacturers and stuff, they have started weaponizing the internet. And that is where a lot of these memes and stuff like, like you may not believe this, but a lot of the memes that you, political memes especially, that you like every day on Facebook or Twitter or your favorite, you know, nine gag, wherever it is you go. There are actually people paid by super PACs to make those yep. all day long right. and make and so it's like it's like you think ha 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 one of your friends made up that meme, but in many cases it's not true. There was somebody actually paid to make that meme to help spread disinformation. Yep. And so that is why, back to my aunt's story, everything has to be checked and to, to see if it's true or not. And because if you listen to one little lie and two little lies and three little lies, all of a sudden you just listen to all of them and you don't care anymore. You just you're right. happy in your dis in your disinformation that you live yeah. in, and so you have to you have to learn. The internet memes taught me a lesson. Uh, like I said, when those first started coming out, I just was so baffled why people would continue to share these. And again, I'm not picking on a particular political party because it was both sides. Doing I've it. I've received it from both sides, and yeah, like every single one of these memes is fake. And I got so tired of constantly uh, fighting with these people over all this baloney. They would. I'm like, why can you not fact check this before you repost it? And uh, because. Most of them, I think, honestly, they just saw it and say, hey, this looks good. I like what this is saying. It supports my belief. Repost. And I think that's the thought process mm -hmm. that most people have. They're not questioning like, well, hmm, I wonder if this is true. Let me check, then repost it. And you know yeah. what happens if you do that? You'll almost never repost You'll a political meme. never repost a political meme. I, Absolutely. I used to repost political memes, and I got attacked for some of them. And some of them were actually that I reposted you were wrong. wrong. I found mm -hmm. out it was wrong about, or it was exaggerated or whatever. And so then I started doing that. Like I occasionally like research the meme or research somebody that's even like from my political perspective, like I agree with them, but they're posting a meme. I'm like, I agree with your party, but that's still BS. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, it's funny you say that. Because so I got, I just got done with posting political stuff at all. I, uh, I don't post or repost any political memes. And by the way, if you follow my page, I pick on both parties pretty heavily. Right. But I, um, I don't post anything that has like data and stuff in it anymore because I don't feel like I have the time to go fact check it all. But I like to post stuff that is hip, hip, uh, hypocrisy. Yep. Right. That yep. points out hypocrisy. You know, it's like you said this. And then 10 days later, you said this, and I right, love right. to post those so that I can show people um, yeah. the hypocrisy of things. Right, or just <clears throat> self-contradiction, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I think another question we should be asking, like, besides has the internet made us dumb, which I th think we could go farther into, has the internet made us less happy? Because a lot of this stuff we're talking about with, you know, these political arguments on Facebook and just the outrage, all of which, again, we could do a whole episode on the advertising <laughs> yeah. industry and social media and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. We are going to do an episode on how social media has destroyed things, and it's, right. it's going to be great. Or just, like, how it works. But yeah. a lot of this— Yeah, and how it works, for it sure. It is rage generation because these political memes— It's, a, it's memes. manufactured outrage. I talk about this all the time on, on, on Facebook and Twitter, on my personal accounts, um, it, that these companies are manufactured— 
manufacturing outrage to get you riled up to to, to support a certain thing. It's right. horrible. Or just for ad revenue. Yeah. Just yeah, because yeah. you're more Seriously likely to money. share or click yeah. something, and you're more likely to see engage with the content because it's outrageous to you. And therefore, you will see more ads, even if they have nothing to do with your political. Sure. Yeah, you know that's a, that's something that that we can say about social media, um, without going into a whole episode about it, is that you have to understand two things about social media. One, you're not the customer; you're the product, right? They're right. selling you, and they're selling you to advertisers. The only way that a social media company makes money is to sell ads, right? And the way they get ads is views. And the way they get more views is getting you to share stuff and post stuff, right? So it's in social media. A lot of people like to say, well, social media, they're all just, you know, evil companies and they're trying to... No, all they want to do is generate traffic. They don't give a rat's rear end how they generate that traffic, right? It just so happens that hate and anger and outrage and stuff are really effective ways (laughs) of hacking the human brain into um, generating traffic. Yep. Again, the internet has made us dumb <laughs> and and less happy. Uh, yeah. So, um, I don't know if it's too early to try to answer the actual question of has the internet made us dumb, but what I'm going to say is, I think it has made dumb people dumber and smart people smarter. Because the smart people will look objectively; they'll get the scientific information, the things that they want. To, to read up on the things that we just didn't have access to mm-hmm. over time. The dumb people are the people that are going to spend all their time on conspiracy theory websites or highly polarized political websites or whatever reading information that makes them feel good. And so so I'm, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> um, do you do – you, when you say dumb people, do you mean actual people of low IQ or do you mean people who are not well-educated? Um, there's a big distinction there. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it probably doesn't even have to do with the IQ itself. It has to do with a person's personality. You know, um, some people, like we talked about earlier, some people want to know the truth. Some people just want to know what makes them feel good. And I think there's smart people. Like, you know, when I say the word smart, I mean, people like who could figure out, you know, mathematical equations and, you know, things like that. That, that are, you know, they're not dumb. They're not, we're not talking about Forrest Gump here. We're just talking yeah. about people who well, have personality I'm asking that types. Because I want to kind of refute what you said. Okay. And I just want to make sure I understood what you meant. Because there are very intelligent people that get hooked up in what makes you feel good. I mean, there are sure. there are very intelligent people who become drug addicts or um, sex addicts or other things like that, right? And and that doesn't mean they did it because they're dumb. Yeah. Well, but, I think I'm using the word dumb as just a. <laughs> You know, I was trying to. You know, you've heard that phrase, the 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 poor get poorer. The, sorry, I'm gonna hit my microphone. So you know that phrase, the the poor get poorer, the rich get richer. So I was trying to, I was trying to make a, an analogy of that, and that's what the internet has done to us from a perspective of information. See, to me, it's uh, not about dumb getting dumber or smart getting smarter. To me, it's about curiosity. Like people that are curious are going to be more inoculated against misinformation and outrage and things like that. I have seen extremely smart people that are software engineers, doctors, um, other, you know, they're in other types of engineering or mathematics, and they are still fundamentalist about a particular ideology. Of course. Of course. Or they hold conspiracy theories or, you know, they disbelieve in scientific fact. Um, it's not that they're dumb people. It's just 
they are it's a personality know, trait it's a personality trait and they're you know i think it, again it goes back to that identity thing their yeah. identity is so closely well tied you form these neural group. pathways and they're very hard to change <laughs> after you form them right yeah. um it's painful to to change those pathways uh veritasium um actually had a video um that if you haven't seen it everybody should go watch it but a about what happens in your brain and why it's hard to unlearn and change something after you've learned it because your your brain wants everything to be easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, so you have to constantly be challenging yourself in order to yeah. absorb And it. I think, and, and Veritasium alluded to this, is the more you challenge yourself the easier it is to change those pathways mm. um, because you you kind of, it's like exercise, like, the, you know, making your muscles bigger. Right. You're, you're stimulating your brain. And so um, I think there's something to that. Um Let's let's back up just a second though, because I, I feel like we kind of maybe missed out on some some stuff. So you take uh, t- take the same information that, that that like I'm trying to come up with something that's non controversial. Um, I mean, I, I want to say something like let's research vitamin C, but even then, there's people who in conspiracy theories who will tell you that <laughs> vitamin C will cure all. Kinds vitamin of C crazy will cure stuff. everything, or pot will cure everything, or whatever it is. So I'm trying to find something. Um, no, pot know. just makes you feel like it's cured everything. Yes, <laughs> just feel like it cured everything. But um, um, you know, I mean, even water, like even water's been weaponized. Like you can't yeah. even research water. Oh man, man, this. Is oh, good. I know because there'll be conspiracy theories. will tell you this bottle is 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 uh, leaching plastics, leaching into plastics it. into it. And that, uh, you know, I, I know another, well, I don't know him anymore. I defriended him, but he was a conspiracy theorist that believed that they they put this fluoride in the water for mind control purposes mm-hmm. and stuff for your, your city water. And you can't drink the city water. You can only drink bottled water. But then I had another conspiracy theorist that said you can't drink bottled water because of the leaching thing, so you have to drink that. <laughs> You could have skipped the middleman and just have them talk to each other. (laughs) Here you go, you guys. You guys get together. Um, Let's talk about programming, like, like, because that's something that you know about, Craig. So, if I want to know, like, the right way to instantiate some kind of something or another in my favorite programming language, right? There's a place I can go, and I just like. It's not controversial. I go look it up, and I can read these five steps, and this is how I put it together in my program, and this is how it works. It's and generally not about identity. That's what I was going to ask yeah. you. What's the difference? That's that's the thing. I see where you're going with that. It's like generally, you know, with a few exceptions. It's funny because like whether you're talking about programming languages or Star Wars, there are people that get very passionate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and are very tunnel vision of this is the one true right way. And I've seen it with programming and stuff. But generally, if you're starting out as a programmer, your identity is really not tied up to one particular technology or anything like that. You're just trying to learn how to get started in the industry. And it's actually, you know, to your point, David, it's easier to get started in programming probably than it's ever been in history, because you can take a new Demi course, you can watch some free YouTube videos, you can um, go to the programming language See, I website. Think it's, I think it's completely different than 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 that, and um, I'm, I'm I know where you're trying to go, but like if I like if I look up something on the internet about a programming language and how how do I use this, um, you know, like a, like jQuery? How do I use jQuery? Like how do I right. incorporate jQuery into my program? I am not going to go find a disinformation site that says, <laughs> here's how jQuery really works. You're being lied to. Right. And all of that. Yes, you are. <laughs> it may not be jQuery. Uh, so um, 
I would say you're 90% right. You're probably not <laughs> going to find that. But there are rare exceptions. So I've, there used to be this site called OOP Oversold, and it was a complete bashing of object-oriented programming. And he makes a few good points. Like there are valid criticisms of object-oriented programming. I don't think it's a silver bullet. I don't think it's, you know, it solves every type of problem. But it's funny, even that, it was like very similar to the culture wars. It was very similar to like a political stance or something like that. Like object orientation's bad. We've been lied to by the industry and that sort of thing. But for the most part, you're correct. Okay. Like people aren't. So I'll, I just think I'll, it's I'll amusing. Your, yeah, I'll take your point, but but I I, I the you reason, really have to be a super nerd to get into that kind of debate. Like you have to <laughs> yeah. be really. The reason I wanted to try to pick something that was like that and not something like the bottled water is poisoning or chemtrails or whatever. Your, yeah, and here's the difference in my mind. Here's what makes those different. There's no money to be made from it. Yeah. There's no money to be made from it. Me and you sitting here arguing about the uh, where uh, you know jQuery got its beginnings. And, oh, right. it was that guy. Oh no, it was really this guy over here. No one's going to make any money off of off, right. of, off of politicizing that or, yeah. or weaponizing. Those, those kind of right. debates you only see people that are really passionate in that particular right. narrow. In fact, like, the very guy that, that I was talking about with the conspiracy theory there, he sold water filtration systems. Of course, you know. So that was his. So that's exactly it. You know, so by you know. by saying that this plastic leaches harmful chemicals into the water, and it may or may not. I don't know. I haven't actually researched that. Um, but that's a way to make. Profit on something, whether it's, it's whether it's, a it's selling your it's own like, water or selling a filter or whatever. It's gone from there's a pro, there's a problem out there, and we are providing a product to solve it. And in to, many cases, we're going to create a problem. Manufactured, yeah, right. we're going to create a problem in your mind. And there's mainstream companies that do this all the time. Yeah, sure. Like, um, I can't think of an example. Probably right now, but. half ninety percent of the stuff they sell at like um, those vitamin stores and stuff like that is right. so. So let's let's use let's use pot because it's kind of an interesting one to me. So marijuana. So marijuana is like there's all these people who would have you believe that it cures. Like I know. if you just smoke pot every day, you all of your ailments will go away. It cures cancer. It cures all like like. Those things came out of the woodwork in an attempt to try to get more people on the bandwagon to get it legalized. It hmm. not because it really cures all those things or right. does anything, right? It's information or disinformation campaigns to drive an agenda. Now, I don't care where you stand on pot, um, whether it should be legal or not. I think it should be legal. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, but it's just another way of of driving the almighty yep. dollar. It's the same thing we talked about in the EV uh, uh, video. If you right. guys have not watched our uh, video on electric vehicles and the future of, of vehicle um, vehicle manufacturing and the old legacy manufacturers, you should, absolutely should go check that out. Um, it's a great conversation. But it's we the talked same a lot thing. about the a lot about the disinformation campaigns. You know, there was a long time that that like for example, Fox News used to constantly push that Tesla was going to go out of business any day now, any day now, any day now, and push about how they were destroying like batteries are so much worse for the environment and all these things that they push. And then one day, Elon and Fox News became buddies again. And all of that disinformation switched, and now they're putting, Tesla's the greatest company. Buy their stock; it's going through the roof. Right. You know, it's like it's like because there's money to be made. It was never, right. ever, ever about anything but money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. short sellers and and all of the stuff that the the you know people trying to figure out how to make money off that. So I believe 
said all of that because I wanted to get to this point. I believe the internet has made us dumber, but it has made us dumber because of people trying to make money off the internet. <laughs> that is where I believe it ultimately yeah. lands. So, you know, if we could go back in a time machine and tell, you know, uh, I don't know, famous scientists, uh, you know, Madame Curie or Albert Einstein or even way, way back into antiquity, like Pyth Pythagoras or whatever, tell them, hey, in the future, if you want to know any piece of information, all you got to do is pull up this little thing in your hand, type in the question, and there will be the answer. They would think, well, that's the greatest thing ever because back then information was so hard, so hard to, right. to get spread to people who needed it. Um but if you also had to tell them, oh, and for every piece of information you look up, there's also a piece of disinformation. And it's really difficult sometimes to tell which one is, <laughs> especially if you're not super educated on the topic, right. it can be really difficult to tell which piece of information is the disinformation and which is the information. Then they might not be quite as excited. <laughs> yeah. So my daughter-in-law, um, she is, uh, I think, 31. And I was having a conversation with her one day, and she showed me this, um, like it was like a, a, an article on the web, and it was it was obviously some you know it was like some random Joe Blow site that somebody right. like, spun up in their mom and dad's basement or something, um, and it was talking about something I don't even remember what the topic was, but it was like so obvious to me as I looked at it, um, it was about physics, it was something to do with physics, and um, anyway, it, it was like oh my gosh, this guy is like a, that's a conspiracy theory guy. And I said, I, so I showed her a video from Neil deGrasse Tyson. I said, watch this video from Neil deGrasse Tyson. He explains how this actually works. And, um, and, you'll, and you'll see what's going on. And she asked me, and it was something that I was not prepared for. Um, she said, well, how do I know that Neil deGrasse Tyson isn't the scammer? How do I know that, that right. my guy is, is that I sent you? How do I know that he's the scammer and your guy's right? How, how do you know that Neil deGrasse Tyson could be the scammer and my guy's right? Yep. And... I wasn't really prepared for that because I didn't. They grew up in an age of they get all their news from TikTok and Instagram right. and and Facebook and, and all. Of anybody that. can. And anybody is to them authoritative and right. expert. And that's that's one of the big problems is like in journalism, in you know, any kind of news or scientific thing like. We're really the, the big question is like who has the authority here? Mm -hmm. Who is who is the real news site versus the fake news yeah, site? Who's yeah. a real yeah. scientist? Versus... You know, courts like to use the word "who has standing." You know, right? right? Like who has standing? Like the guy that that came up with this in his mom's basement at you know seventeen years old who who made a YouTube video doesn't have standing for a theoretical physicist that has like four degrees from super right. super expensive colleges. Uh, probably does. You know? And that's yeah. part of what's great about the, the scientific method is, like, if the guy in the basement does an experiment, let's say, like, that disproves something in, Absolutely. in science, he can say, hey, go replicate my findings. Sure. Go do what I did and see if you get the same results. Um, but you have to know which scientists are actually doing those kind of things. You yeah, know, and, and, you know, and, and, and as a, this is something it's I hard for me just as a lay person to know who yeah. the authority absolutely and this is something i tried to explain to her and this is actually something i tried to explain to our father before he passed away but um he never could get through to him on this 
that's the whole purpose of, you know, when we talk about peer reviews and things like that, and is you're trying to replicate the same results. Okay, you did this experiment, and these are the results, and yep, we did the experiment, we used all the same stuff, and guess what? We get the same results. This must be true. You know, it's the whole thing about 97% of scientists agree, climate science, 97% of climate scientists agree that there's a problem with the climate, right? Right. right. And... That's because they all got together and they took these papers and they said, okay, well, here's the information that they have. Let's see if the facts really hold up true when we check well, them. And, yeah, there's a system where it's like, if I can disprove you, that that elevates yeah. my standing. Like, if yeah. I repeat the experiments and come with a, up with a different result, that is a net benefit. Yeah. Like, we're all trying to yeah. disprove the thing that you're... And so so my, my uh, analogy or, or what I would... I've kind of used this a few times with people. If uh, if there was a bridge, you know, let's say that there's a bridge over, you know, what's the lake near you? Uh, uh, Lake in, Worth. Lake Worth. Yeah. So there's a bridge over Lake Worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, there is a bridge over Lake Worth. Um, let's say that the city bridge engineer, the county bridge engineer, and the federal government sends out the Army Corps of Engineers and they all get together and they do some experiments on that bridge and they say, you know what, this concrete is failing. We need to stop driving traffic over this bridge because right. it's probably going to collapse pretty soon. Um, and then one guy who's just some random Joe makes, you know, like me or you, makes a YouTube video disputing that this bridge is just fine. This is a conspiracy by the government to hurt my business or yeah, hurt this yeah. community over here or something. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. So when, when that happens, are you going to drive over that bridge? When they said it's probably going to collapse, don't drive over it. Well, that guy said it's okay. No, because the bridge engineers probably know, and the guy that's yeah. <laughs> right, you know, right. But I'm going to trust this makes the perfect sense. But one of the problems I've had, and in fact, our dad was one of the people that that one of the many people who I've had this argument with. Um, they'll say, "Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes the scientists are wrong," and they're. They that's are. true. That, that's they correct. Are. That's true. Sometimes they are. And so, you know, sometimes there's been a major scientific, uh, you know, what, what we thought was one thing for hundreds of years. And all of a sudden somebody figures out, oh, hey, that was wrong. And I can prove it. <laughs> yeah. And and so so they always ask the question, well, why should you believe anything that a scientist says if because sometimes they're wrong? And that that's a, a difficult question to answer sometimes. Um and, and and on that same token, you can also make the case that you know, sometimes the conspiracy theorists are right. They are very rarely, but sometimes they are. So you know that people can use that to make the case that you should ignore scientists and listen to conspiracy theorists. <laughs> and you know it's not a black and white answer. There is no black and white answer you can give someone and say, "Here's how you always know the difference between misinformation or disinformation right. or whatever and real information." So that's a tough one. And um, what I always like to say is I'm like, okay, you know what? You're right. Let's take uh, Galileo uh, or Copernicus or whatever. You know, they they said things about the way our solar system works that was completely contradictory to everything that people thought. And uh, they sounded like crazy conspiracy theorists, you know, at the time. At the time, yeah. And I said, but you know what makes them different from a conspiracy theory? They had proof. That's, that's what I was, I was, well, I was I think, fixing to say. That's the difference in my mind is that is that yes, science is wrong, 
sometimes, and yes, conspiracy theories are right sometimes, but the difference is it's back to the whole peer reviewed, test the same results. Can I, I test it? I just get like the, the same result. The term proof because it has specific meanings in certain like in like mathematics, proof mm -hmm. is a specific thing. I think we're talking more about evidence. You have strong evidence. evidence. Good. And yeah. You know, I look at it as like it's a numbers game. It's statistics, really. Yeah. Like, I'm going to trust the scientific community, even though they're occasionally going to be wrong, because 90% of the time they're going to get it right. Yeah, and, or, you know, I've, I've heard people tell me, too, along the same lines that, oh, well, that scientist was paid off, you know. Yeah. And, right. Or all the scientists have been paid off. You know, that's I, I, my dad used to say that all the time. Yeah. All of those scientists are on the government uh, take. So, of course, they're going to say whatever the government wants right. them to say. It's like okay, really, so, even though the government that's run run by Republicans. I know, I know, I know, I know. I would, I would always refute and say, well, you know, well, what's more likely that a scientist? By the way, scientists don't like people seem to think that these scientists are making you know millions of dollars <laughs> right. a year. They're like normal Joes, like me and you. Like they make the same salaries like a computer programmer. They're not, they're not making millions of dollars mm -hmm. off off this this science. So what's right. more likely, a climate change scientist that makes you know eighty thousand a year or whatever for his job? Or a giant oil company conglomerate that Making are both. The, which one's most likely has yeah. incentive to spread disinformation? Exactly. You know, <laughs> follow the money. Follow is, the money. It all comes back to money. Is often a good way. But the other thing I say is always when you look at the uh, like you have two pieces of information, you're not sure which one to believe. Which one tells you everyone's lying? If yes. if that's if that's their core argument, and they may not start off with that argument, but like I said earlier in the podcast, if you work your way down and you realize at some point their core argument is everyone's lying to you, then you know that's probably the disinformation. Right. And that's that's know. a really good point. Yeah, it goes back to that concept of we have secret knowledge, everybody right. else is dumb and, and doesn't have it. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we're at about the hour mark here. So let's let's kind of bring it all back and kind of break it down. Has the internet made the world well, dumber? I is Camacho going to turn out to become, or sorry, is Idiocracy going to turn out to be a documentary um, and we didn't even know it? <laughs> well, we were, we've been talking about the content of the internet, but I'd like to talk about like the internet itself and the devices like yeah, this itself. Yeah. Just briefly, um, one of the things we haven't talked about is all the problems with attention span on the internet. Oh, this man. predates the, the smartphone. So I've noticed this just anecdotally in my own life, that I used to be able to sit down, and lots of people have been reporting this, especially people our age. Oh, I know exactly what you're books. saying. I know, I know exactly where you're going. I used, to, I used to read books all night long. I'd come to, in high school, I'd read a book from like 8 o'clock at night till 4 in the morning, drag my rear into school, and, you know, fall asleep in Spanish class. Yeah. I'd stayed up yeah. all night reading a book that I was just engaged in. And now it's hard for me to sit and read an article for more than five or ten minutes. It's really Absolutely. difficult. I, um, I, so some of my favorite, like, like uh, there's some movie I watched recently that I just really loved. I can't remember what it was now. Anyway, I re remember when I was watching this movie, I got a text message on my phone. And the next thing I know, I was like going back and forth in the text, blah, 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 blah. And I looked up and I realized I've missed like 20 minutes of the movie. And I right. had to back the movie up and start where I left off. And I was like, I, I, I had this thought going through my head. It's like, this thing is like, right. I could give you an even better example. Um, my daughter, who is now 19, I don't think in her entire life she has ever watched a movie from beginning to end. Uh, oh my God. Because she's wow. always had the opportunity to grab the scroll bar 
and move it forward. And I've watched her a number of times. She'll she'll like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie, uh, and and she'll have like a two hour movie, and she'll just keep skipping forward uh, because she'll get bored with some little scene or whatever. And, and by the time she she'll watch a, a whole movie in like 15 minutes. Oh my god! And That's crazy to me. That's the same like, thing with TV shows and whatnot. I can't even imagine. <laughs> um, but I've I've noticed this time and time again. Um, and I like I said, well, I think she's gone to the movie theater with us two or three times over the years and actually watched the whole movie. But but outside of that experience, I don't think... You know, I will do um, that if it's the second or third time I've watched it and I'm like, right. really, no, okay, I just want to see these scenes. Or like, I just yeah. hate this yeah. particular scene. Yeah, or this, uh, this section. Sure. But the really first boring. time I watch a movie, it's like... You have to watch the whole If thing. I'm really yeah. bored... 20 minutes into the movie or 30 minutes into the movie, I'm probably just not going to finish the movie. Yeah, that's but District not... 9 for me. <laughs> you know, I don't know how people love that movie. Oh, I <laughs> can stand it. So I, I have a couple of things that I researched before this the, um, that dive right into this, this problem of attention span. It's not necessarily intelligence, but it ties into intelligence because we need deep thinking and deep concentration yeah. for certain types of mental activities. So the World Health Organization, for example recommends less than an hour for children two to five to use smartphones, tablets, or any kind of internet device. Um, there's well-documented effects on attention span and the ability to focus on a single task, just like we're yeah, talking about. no surprise. There's another study that showed like workers that are interrupted by notifications and stuff like this. Um, it's as if their IQ had dropped 10 points because of the interruptions, which is worse than smoking marijuana. It is. And I, I actually read something that may, may be on your list that, that people that are driving a car who get constant notifications on their phone, mm -hmm. like Facebook's popping up or text messages, whether they pick the phone up and reply to them or not, are the same uh, at the same risk of an accident as a drunk driver. Right. I was and like, all Wow. You Just know, because of the distraction that you're constantly trying to look over at your phone beeping. That's one of the things I do with my phone. Like, um, I don't have Messenger turned on with notifications. I don't have Facebook, Instagram, any of that stuff. I'm not actually on social media that much. Um, yeah. I'm actually using it right now. I've got a Google Doc with the notes about this podcast, <laughs> I, uh, It's funny but... you say that. I have almost all, like, Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, like, all of those have notifications disabled. Like, at iOS, at the iOS level, right? right? Like, I don't right. want any notification from your app whatsoever. What's interesting, though, is I've noticed some of the social media apps are now nagging you when they detect mm -hmm. that you don't have notifications. Please turn it back on. on. This app won't function properly. Right, and I'm like, no, I don't want you pestering me throughout mm -hmm. my day. I yep. want to just... All I want are text messages. Yep. And, and I'll tell you something really else. Did. I have I have gotten like Nazi level when it comes to applications that I install. I don't care what it is. If I install, like I installed Solitaire the other day. It was a little free app, on, yeah. and I just wanted to play Solitaire. And within 30 minutes of, of having that app installed on my phone, it was just sitting over there. I got a notification. I'm like, oh, what's that notification? Because, again, I have everything turned off, so it's probably a text message or a phone call or a voicemail right. or something. And I pick it up, and it's, don't miss the next game of Solitaire or whatever. You know what I did? Deleted that yeah. app yeah. immediately. Exactly and I gave it a bad review. If you look up, you know, if you research any of this stuff, mm -hmm. the stuff we're talking about is all things they recommend that you do to curate your... Um, your attention span and your level of distraction with social media and internet usage. Um, but I would suspect the vast majority of people are not doing this kind of stuff. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of why this stuff works is like all these notifications and the way Facebook works with the little <coughs> number, mm -hmm. the upper right corner that shows you how many how many messages or how many notifications you've gotten. This all works on like a dopamine release cycle. Oh, they give sure. you like little, <laughs> it's like gambling. You know, they've, they've used the psychology. I mean, I think Zuckerberg admitted this. Like they used the psychology from 
casinos, like well-known documented psychology, and applied it to building Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, no to keep you hooked on these devices and and engaged in the content constantly. But this has a toll on our our ability to do creative problem solving. You know that ten points of IQ drop. It also has some pretty drastic effects on our mental health, uh, which we could, you know, maybe if we do a whole social media yeah, thing, yeah, we, we could get into the, 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 the mental health aspects of uh, social media and comparing yourself to other people. And yeah, I think a, a whole social media episode is, is definitely going to be in the works. That's, uh, there's, there's, there's so much we can go into, especially about how the marketing works and how much they know about you. Um, okay, what else? What else is on your list? I want to make sure we, we cover it all. You know, I have more on here, but I feel like I should wait until that episode. Until that episode. A lot of it is about social media specifically. Um, maybe so that should maybe, be our next episode because so. it would tie good into this one. This may be a good jumping off point into, like, the you know, some of the negatives of social media just in general. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, I think there are some positives to it. Definitely, you know, yeah. Right? I mean, it's connected me to people that I would otherwise have lost, connect, you know, connections with and... Uh, people that I actually care about. And I will tell you that I actually did something recently um, along those lines, and we'll go into this in detail in that episode. But I, I went through, I had like over 850 Facebook friends, and now I have about 100. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing myself a few years ago because it had gotten out of control, yeah. and I was spending so much time, a lot of those were conspiracy theorists and whatnot, I was spending so much time arguing with them, and I wasn't getting very much work done. And one day it just occurred to me, why am I spending the time to argue with people who really don't even want to know the truth to begin right. with? Yeah. It doesn't do anything for me other than make me feel good if I were to ever, you know, get them to agree. David, prove me wrong, which is never going to happen. Right. right? And so, uh, yeah, I eventually, like, just defriended, like, hundreds and hundreds of people that, you know, and just kind of kept it down to my local friends and family. And yeah. uh, If yeah, I don't actually yeah. know you in real life, you are no longer a part of my my core social media. Now I'm yeah. not like I'm not like on Twitter and sure. stuff I do for the Geek Pub, that kind of right. stuff. I'm not talking about that. But if I don't actually know you on my personal Facebook, you are not yeah. going to be my friend. <laughs> and I get like 15, 20 friend requests a day on Facebook, and I don't know why everybody in the world wants to 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 friend me on Facebook, uh, but. You know, I mean, I know it's the man to go to about old computers. Well, I know it's from my YouTube channel, but I have had numerous people send me Facebook Messenger asking me why I don't friend them, like because I won't. Um, And I've made this a a strict policy, and and it it doesn't matter if we work together at at a job. I'm not your friend, like on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called the Geek Pub. If you want to know what's going on in my social media life, that's where you go. <laughs> Follow right. that page. You know, I have a Twitter account. I tweet, you know, two or three times a week um, about things that I care about. Go follow me on Twitter, you know, right? But, that's where that's where you need to be. But I've noticed uh, a lot of these kids, they have hundreds and hundreds of friends on Facebook and uh, it's almost sometimes like a competition. Like I have more friends than this yeah. person or whatever. And and the, I think, I think that, that's stuff we could get into in, in the next yeah, podcast. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, the competitive yeah. nature of of social media. Yeah. Well, let's come back to the to the core topic again, okay. and then let's wrap this up. Are has the internet overall made the world less intelligent? I'm gonna say yes for like most of the reasons we've discussed. Like I, um, I wish it was designed a different way. Like it has so many positives or potential mm-hmm. positives. But I think the the over under is that generally as a society we're getting stupider. Yeah, 
I uh, I fully 100% agree with that take. I feel like the average citizen of not just the United States, but of every country, um, they have been sucked into a disinformation campaign of some kind that they don't realize that they're in. Um, and, and because of that, um, the world is absolutely less intelligent and so, or less educated, we'll say, I'll yeah. say. What do you think? Well, like I said earlier, I think it has absolutely had that effect on some people. And then I think other people have used it to their advantage and, and gained knowledge and objectivity and, and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that. I'm saying as a whole, as though. A whole, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I do, I do tend to think it's made people <laughs> made our society dumber. Yeah, has it made the world dumber or less intelligent or less educated? And yeah, I think the answer maybe a good good word is less wise. Less wise, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Agreed, because yeah. there's definitely a difference between wisdom and intelligence, right? And uh, Wisdom often comes with experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I'll never forget with my with my son, um, Dustin, when he was, I don't know, he was like seven or eight years old. <laughs> we were in the garage, and he was hammering on something, nail, uh, like it was a little short, like nail is hammering into a board. And I said, son, take a pair of needle nose pliers and hold that nail with it and hit the hammer with the needle nose, hold it while you're holding it with the needle nose pliers. Otherwise, you're going to bust your thumb. Right, and he's like, "You don't know what you're talking about." And I'm like, "You know why I'm telling you this is because I've made done this, it. I've done, <laughs> I made this mistake." And he wouldn't listen to me. And the next thing you know, like five minutes later, I hear, "Ah!" <laughs> he smashed his thumb with the hammer, and it's like, "Remember what I told you to use the needle nose right. pliers?" That's not about intelligence. That's about wisdom. It's about I made that mistake before. Yeah, <laughs> I know what's gonna happen. I'm trying to keep you from making the same mistake. You know, so absolutely. Um, okay, anything else? No, I think think that's good. I think right. we covered it. Yeah, I think we did. This is a good episode too, um, and and we didn't go as much down the political <laughs> path as I we, thought we, we might. We, we, yeah, we were careful. We were careful. We were careful. Yeah. And uh, uh, and again, you know, we say this, and we have or we have said this in previous podcasts. I just want to make sure to repeat it again. And that is, um, we want to try our hardest not to push any specific uh, religious ideology or political ideology or anything like that. Like we want you to make up your own decisions based upon your own information we are trying to keep it as neutral as possible but you know when some political party or um somebody like that makes a statement that is absolutely false we're going to point it out yeah <laughs> so. it's it's difficult to like be completely neutral all yeah. the time but yeah um yeah, so. we're trying not to have a specific agenda with this and just kind of enjoy the conversation absolutely right absolutely right so, all right, guys. Well, we think um, we're not sure yet, but we think that social media um, and its effects, along with um, uh, how it actually works, because I think a lot of people don't actually know how social media works, will probably be your next podcast. If not, it will definitely be in the next uh, two or three episodes, I suspect. So we'll see you then.